Hello and welcome to the Kilo Chasers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Dahl, along here with Tommy Morga, a man down in Arizona, hell of a weightlifter, uh, a member of our U.S. Armed Forces, uh, and he's been kind enough to come on and chat with me about how he got to where he's at and what he's been up to um, in weightlifting and just strength sports in general. I saw you did a... uh, Yeah. Saw you did a... What was it a tough mutter here shortly, yeah. not too long ago, last weekend? I, last Saturday, man. I still have a lot of bumps and bruises from that damn thing too, but uh, it was yeah, super I, fun, man. Super fun. Uh, is it your first one? Second, actually, I did one last year uh, for the first time, and uh, unfortunately, I fell in love with that damn thing. It's, it was this is fun <laughs> to get your ass kicked for <laughs> for two and a half hours, man. I don't Jeez. know why, but it's just it's just fun. It's a good. It's long. It's not easy, but uh, it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, so you had a team together. Does it, how many of you were part of your team? Um, so this one actually was just, I did it by myself, uh, this year. There's a few of us last year. I'm sorry. I did it with my buddy Bruce this year. Um, okay. and then there was a bunch of other people from our gym that I go to that mm-hmm. they didn't want to do the full one. They all were like, we'll do the 5k. <laughs> Y'all can do the 15k. So me yeah. and Bruce, we like to punish ourselves. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, we did the, it was just me and him, man. They ended up picking some, some dude up through, halfway through the race and it's like can we tag along and that's you know man we just fucking ran at it It was fun nice nice yeah um now who convinced you to do it the first time was that just kind of a great uh, decision man, or no the child in me man the uh <laughs> it, it's it's a playground it really really is that's, that's yeah. why i look at it it's just a big ass long playground you get to jump on shit jump over stuff jump in water get electrocuted yeah. and i just <laughs> it was one of those things i was like i I, shit, man, I'll do it. And then my uh, my cousin's husband, he's done a bunch, and I just kind of got it and just stick. It's out here every year in February, and I was like, shit, I'll do it. Nice, yeah, yeah. They have one up here every once in a while. I I have lost track, but I I used to dream of doing it, you know. Yeah. And um, I actually I had a team put together, and when registration came around, it was like everybody dropped out. Every dude, I'm, out. No, it's intimidating, man, for some people. Uh, you're yeah. like nine well, miles. That's too damn long. It's kind of the polar opposite of what you you deal with down there too, because down there you're dealing with heat and sand and like completely different environment. Up here, it's yeah. like when they do it, the water could be like forty degrees or fifty degrees. That's a good point. That's a good so point. people are like, I want to get cold and muddy, and then try to <laughs> run, and then you deal with like pulled muscles and injuries and all all yeah. kinds of other shit. And yeah. uh, you know it's definitely it's a bucket list thing for me like i, I totally want to do it at some point but yeah <laughs> it comes down to one of those things man yeah you, know, you sign up it ain't cheap so you're like well damn i signed up let's just yeah let's run through it let's get this done yeah you know yep. so it's cool it's fun sweet so you're also you also got a podcast that you uh started getting more active with lately um tell me a little bit yeah. about that How, how'd that get started and and what you guys talk about and stuff um, so yeah, so it's called dudes, dudes talk podcast. Um, and we, uh, I approached my buddy Bruce with it. He, he likes to write poetry and he likes to do a lot of other stuff, but he's kind of like a, I don't know, just, he gets in the fields a little more than I, I can. Um, but it was just one of those things that he's, he has lived a pretty crazy life. It's like, I have, we have a very similar situation when it comes to our marriage and our past and like that. We have kids with mm-hmm. our with a pri- with a previous uh, person, and then we have obviously remarried with 
with kids. So we have a very similar situation. And so mm-hmm. we, I was one day, man, I was like, Hey, you want to start a podcast? And he's like, fuck yeah, I do. And nice. we, we just kind of, it just kind of clicked from there. Cause we were really good buddies. And, um, and we kind of made an emphasis, like, we don't want to talk about just like one thing. Right. So mm-hmm. we just, it, it, we just like talk about stuff that a lot of guys talk about, or maybe we won't talk about, yeah. but they, yeah. they think, they think about it. And so we just try to come up with, with subjects like that. Where it's just general life stuff. I mean, we talk about fitness, obviously, because we both have that background. Um, yeah. But that comes up. But we try not to steer too much into that direction. More just mindset, man. Just, uh, li- just honestly, more life subjects. And it's yeah. fun. It's just kind of, it's almost like a, like a journaling type of thing without oh, journaling. I don't, I don't write. That's pretty much what it is, honestly. Um, yeah. For some damn reason, I tend to open up more on that stupid mic <laughs> than, yep. I probably, yep. than I probably do in real life, man. But uh, it's fun. And like you said, just like, just like you and Matt, when you guys get on here, you guys get to kind of just – it's yours, man. So you get to do whatever you want, talk about whatever you want. And yep. that's exactly what uh, Bruce and I do. Nice. So you said you guys had similar kind of rough – not necessarily rough, but um, life, you know? Um, yeah, life. Yep, for sure. Why, why, why don't we kind of go back to – the beginning you know like how did you how what was your upbringing like how, how what was your family life like as a kid okay. and kind of run me through how that transformed and how that led you to the choice and decisions to get into the military and like how you chose what branch and whatnot oh, oh yeah man so i always say that everybody has a story um mm-hmm. especially especially if you're a military member right every single person has a reason to why they join um yeah. so my upbringing was kind of normal um I would say normal and depends on normal sense. I, uh, I was, how do I say it? Very, very sports oriented, very, very sports mm-hmm. oriented. I played football, uh, played baseball growing up. I'm, I was a pretty avid bowler up until about 13 years old. Little yeah. fun fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, nice. Uh, nice. <clears throat> I know. Right. But it was just one of those things, man. I just kind of, um, all through high school, played football, did that. Hated being home. Cause my dad was always yelling at me. Um, it was just one of those situations where it was just like, I didn't enjoy being home that much. And so I would always be gone. I would always be with my friends or doing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I just had, and then my brother-in-law actually was in the air force at the time. And so I always had the back of my mind, like, all right, maybe that's something I wanted to do. Um, I was going to go to a local community college, play football. I signed like a letter of intent. Mm -hmm. I did all that. And then one day, uh, remember the coaches come up to me during spring ball and they're like, so when are you registered for classes? And I was like, I don't know. I will eventually. And it just, after that, man, it just seemed like I just didn't want to do it anymore. For some yeah. reason, it just, you know, it got to the, I got to a level where obviously it's a lot more serious. That wasn't the issue. It was just like, I just, I was kind of done with football. Um, and so I ended up just joining the air force. I was going to go to the guard initially, which I'm yep. in now. Um, but I went to recruiter and then I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And like a month later I went to a, a, uh, active duty recruiter. Okay. And shit, about a month and a half later I was gone, man. It all happened really, Holy really shit. fast. I wasn't even, I wasn't even 18. I was 17 years old. Wow. Um, yep. I joined about, I joined in August and then my birthday was in October. So I was 17. Parents had to sign the paper. Um, yeah. My dad, my dad couldn't wait for me to sign. Couldn't wait to sign it. My mom did not want to sign it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was one of those things. I was just like, all right, this is what I want to do. Um, I wanted. I ended up being a firefighter in the Air Force. Okay. So I did that. I did that for a very long time, 
And then it kind of led me, I mean, fast forward, shit, man, fast forward. That was, that was 1999 I joined. Wow. Um, I know so I, did, I did eight years of active duty. I got okay. out. Did a, I took a four-year break in service. I actually did contracting work overseas in Saudi Arabia and Kuwait. And then um, as a firefighter. Okay. And then came, came back to Arizona in 2011. And that's when I got back in the guard. It was just like when you're around the military, as much as I was doing contract mm-hmm. work, because we were doing contracting for the army. Yeah. It was just what I miss. I miss that, you know, that brotherhood, the camaraderie, just the, the overall, just everything about it. Yeah. And even though you still had in the, as a firefighter, I was like, man, I, I just kind of want just missed it a little bit. So yeah. I came home back to Arizona and I, shit, I was home for a couple of weeks and went right to the guard recruiter, said, Hey, I had eight years active duty. I don't want to waste that time. Let me sign back up. And they got me back in as a firefighter. They had that spot opened up. And okay. so I did, that's what I did up until about, uh, shoot, about a year and a half. Ah, I took the back about four years ago to about four years ago. And now I'm kind of doing something totally, totally different, but still within the guard. So my okay. life is a, in my life, I mean, the amount of chapters I can write in my book, man, it'd be, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be pretty crazy. Yeah. So, uh, um, so yeah, that's kind of how so, I got in. That's kind of how I got into, uh, the Air Force. Nice. Um, so how does that work as far as active, active duty and deployment and as a firefighter within, within the armed forces, I know every, like every branch has a plethora of job titles and, and roles Mm -hmm. and everything like that. Like when you were deployed, what were your, what was your day to day? Like, like what was your, what was your, your workload? Um, I mean, were were you just... It's honestly, it's very, it's very similar to a civilian firefighter. Um, really? We, yep, it, very similar. So we, our ships were 24 on, 24 off. Um, our, we had trucks, regular firefighter trucks. We had crash trucks, which are for airport firefighting. We went mm-hmm. to medicals. We went to fires. We, it's the exact, everything's the exact same. Because I always say a base is a city within a city. Yeah. And so anything that you have, we have in our a city that you, wherever you live, we pretty much have on base, right? You have a Burger King, you have housing, yeah. you have buildings, you have everything, you have aircraft. And so that was our main thing. Our main mission was to protect uh, the fire protection for the bases that we were stayed at. And so yeah. in a deployed, envir- deployed environment, if the, the ops tempo is obviously highly increased, um, especially when I deployed in 2005, man, we had aircraft coming in, shot up all the time. So that was our main calls, which is constant just it was just constant just landing with with holes or whatever. And we'd yeah. be, you know, going out and helping those guys out. Fires would happen on base all the time over doing stupid shit. And yeah. so it's just, you get, you're just a, a firefighter. Just, we went, we go through a, about a three and a half month Academy okay. um, as in the air force. Actually it's, it's a, it's all branches now that go to that. And so same fire training that you get uh, outside is the same thing you do as, as a military. All of, wow. a lot of the same certifications as well. Damn. Yeah. Um, so you said kind of backtrack a little bit. You said you had, uh, uh, let's see, big word, uh, tumultuous relationship with your dad. Um, very good word. Very good word. I know. Right. I studied like, (laughs) I need, I need one word. I need, I need one big word that has, that has more than two syllables. (laughs) Tumultuous. Good job. Um, yes, Uh, I did. So how did that, obviously it, it drove you out of the house as far as your social life and not, you know, not really having a, a solid relationship with them. Um, mm-hmm. how, 
how did that how do you feel that formed you as far as the man you are today and the progression of being a parent and because i i had i wouldn't say i had a bad relationship with my dad i had he worked his ass off and he did what he could for us um yeah but he was also you know he had a stern hand um Mm -hmm. but it you know I've, i've talked about it on here a few times about our relationship and how it's formed helped form me into who I am. Um, how, how has your relationship with your dad grown? Like I said, how did, how did it, how did your relationship growing up, um, affect how you've been as a father? Huge impact on it, man. Um, so I've tried to learn from his mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, I will tell my kids, I love them every single day, probably multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. That is one thing that I never got. Um, it was always expectations of sports. And yeah. so if you didn't meet those expectations, it was just not good. Um, did not, it was very verbally abusive to the point where it will change a person's life and, and their way of thinking. And there's times now that she, my wife is still trying to help me through of like, oh, wow. of seeing stuff that has came out from my childhood and the way I was up, the way I was raised um, to like, do not do that with, with me or with the kiddos. Right. And yeah. so, and, and that's why I, I love what she calls me out on it. Cause it's like, damn, or, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. it, I have, I, I have learned a lot because I've learned what not to do and yeah. how to hopefully how to be a better father. Um, am I, am I am far from perfect, far from it, make thousands of mistakes. But one thing that I have learned that I will always tell my kids, no matter what, how I, how much I love them, how proud I am of them. And that is one thing I will always tell my kids. Um, yeah. And so it's just, I, I don't know. I just, I grew up around fighting and it was okay. just like, it's not a good environment. Um, and it's just to, to see that it's, that was my normal, Eric. That was my, yeah. my normal was to be around that. Right. And so, and my, my wife just reminded me the other day, she's like, that's not normal. Like, no, you know, no, being the way, the way she grew up, it was, she didn't go grow up around what, you know, the screaming, the fighting, just the throwing, the, just the bad stuff, man. Yeah. That I saw growing up and just dealt with. And so that was my normal. I'm like, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. Right. No, it's not. It, fuck, it's not. And so, no. it, you know what I mean? And that, that is my light bulb. They're starting to finally kind of go off 41 years mm-hmm. later. Even I, I went through a therapy a long time ago through my first divorce, yeah. but uh, it, then that helped actually a lot. And so it just kind of, it, I've grown into someone like, all right, I, I'm willing to make changes. And I feel like that's one thing my dad would never, ever do. He's still a stubborn asshole. Um, but do I love my dad? I do, but he's still the same way. Nothing has changed between growing up to now. And that's one thing I feel like yeah. I've tried to do is like, no matter what, I will at least try to develop and to get better as a person and as a better as a father, but as a husband. Um, yeah. But there's, man, there's always work to be done. Always. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty interesting to see even like people from that older generate the last generation you know like that that are prominent in social media and prominent on you know different platforms between youtube and and podcasts and um just giving lectures and whatnot you know there's a lot more people that are in their 50s and 60s that are coming out and saying look as men we have to be better. We have to constantly change. We're not always right. And 
you know, like times, it's not just that times are changing and that kids are softer and they need to be coddled and stuff like that. It's not about that. It's about being the best person and human that you can be. And it's pretty cool to see that there's even people from that generation that are, that are responding to that and, and willing to grow and be a better person and, and have better relationships with their kids. I mean, I've watched, you know, on, on my dad's side of the family, I was un- unfortunate to not, my, my mother's dad passed away when I was, I think I was like 12 or 13. And so I didn't really get to see the relationship between my aunts and my, my mom and my uncles, um, with him. But I got, I was really fortunate to see how my dad's dad responded to things and how my, how they communicated and how they grew because we're, we're pretty close knit. I mean, it was, our, we had a family reunion every year and there was like 50 to 60 people there every single year. So, I mean, it was yeah. a pretty, pretty close knit family. And so watching their relationships grow and watching my grandpa go from kind of being a softie to being a hard ass to being a softie again. <laughs> and then, you know, going through when he passed away and the process of grieving and to see the things that they missed out on or didn't get to say or refused to say, even though they had good relationships, you know, it's a constant thing for me now. And my dad that like, it's a constant growth. Like I, I, I was a mama's boy as the youngest of three boys. So my mom's relationship with me and is super solid. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely, I don't, here. I don't, I don't like push it off saying, Oh, I don't need to work on it, but it's like, I don't, I don't need to put as much work into that relationship as I need to with my dad because, you know, I had a conversation with him. I don't know, like last year, this summer, I think. And he just flat out said, because we, we were talking about work and I was working a lot. I think it was working six tens or something like that. And Oof. I just asked him, I was like, so how do you like, what, well, what, where were you guys at financially when we were growing up? I just asked him a, a question that we had never talked about money growing up yeah. like it was it was a bad thing um and he was like where do you think i was i left at six o'clock or five o'clock in the morning every day of the week six days a week and i met your mom and you kids at the football field for practice every day at five yeah. or six o'clock so he was like what do you think i was doing yeah <laughs> and i was like i just never thought about it you know even even like growing up and like through my third 20s and 30s i never thought about what he did to provide for us and why he was why he was grouchy and why he did the thing like his his mannerisms and and his attitude and his emotions were the way were they the way they were um and so it's it's really cool to be able to see what he dealt with with his dad and then get to try to be better with my relationship with him and i think he's seen it too with his relationship with me and my brothers and it's it's pretty cool to to actually have a working relationship that's constant that's constantly evolving you know yeah so yeah no that, that's uh, interesting you say that man well my i'd say my dad he 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 kind of grew up in the same way i did almost where his parents were just wow my grandparents even though they were at almost all my baseball games and football games growing up, they were just really bad people, man. I can say that honestly. And I hate to say that, but I can say that they showed no love. But that's, that's, that's what my dad 
new and he grew up in he grew up in a really hostile environment as well he grew up in yeah uh in brooklyn in new york right and so he uh he he was that's all he knew and that's all he knew how to raise us as kids so there's parts of me i'm kind of like okay i can't really blame him all the time but damn it it sucked and it really really sucked yeah. and so it wasn't uh i mean and as far as like financial wise like i knew what he did he retired fairly early i think he retired and i was like Right after I joined out of high, or he has retired early, took a huge lump, took yeah. all of his retirement in one lump sum, blew that on the shit. house. That yeah, do do not take financial <laughs> advice from my father. Trust me. Um, oh damn. Yeah. So and that caused a lot of problems, right? So there was issue after issue after issue. It was just a it was a constant fucking snowball, man. And so wow. it was just it just kind of just it just one of those things. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna learn from this, and and I'm not gonna do what you did. And, but I tend to do, I tend to do it. I tend to, I tend to do it. And, um, I have to be called out. I have to be called out for it. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and you have to be, you have to be, and I'm hopefully willing to at least try to change. If not, then keep calling me out on it. Yeah. I mean, it's all about, it's all about accountability, you know, and it's, it's, it's really cool that, I mean, it took you, you're on your second marriage and you know, Mm -hmm. I, I imagine I'm, I am too. Um, Mm -hmm. and you're it. Yeah. Um, lucky, lucky, luckily, yeah, I didn't have any kids with my first wife. Um, okay. I don't have that. So, I mean, it was a clean, like, I don't know. We tried. Exactly. I think yeah. I talked to her like three times on the phone after, and maybe like a couple messages when family members passed away and she just was gotcha. kind enough to send a sorry email yeah uh, right. but it was like psh, gone not even friends yeah. don't even didn't transfer over or nothing it was it was it was nice but there's there's definitely things that i will catch myself doing now i'm like okay i've already done this yeah. and there's like i can't i can't let that shit slide and sarah's you know she's great she'll do the same thing she calls me out of my bullshit all the time and and gotta have that man yeah, it, it, it's it's fun sometimes, and other times it's like, God, <laughs> I know, I hate it no, when you're right. I know, man. Trust, me, I know. It's a, but we're gonna fucking do, man. You know, what yeah. Do? But no, it's yeah. it's again learning experience, um, and I just try to make sure I, again, I all goes back to just make sure I talk to my kids, I hug them, give, tell them I love them, no matter what. Yeah, every single day. Hey, they go from school. Be like my buddy, or my buddy. I'm sorry, my son Rocco will be hanging out with his buddies. I'm like, get over here. Like, you don't give me a hug real quick, and then you can go off and do whatever you gotta do. But it's just, yeah. you know, it's just that affection that uh, some kids just, you know, at the time they're kind of like, oh god. But it, yeah, later on 10, life, 15 years down the road, it's gonna be. They're like, yeah, my dad crucial. hugged me. My dad, yeah, my dad hugged me. My dad told me I love you all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, it's 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 crazy that there's still kids today that don't get that. It, you know, and I work with a lot of those kids too, man. So yeah, it's uh it's it sucks to hear some stories that um the work that i'm doing now um it's it sucks there's a lot of really still bad people out there that just don't give a shit about their kids wow so what what are you doing now what did you transition to after your last stint yeah so okay so i'm still in the how do i explain this it's so hard man my wife's still kind of what do you do I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Chandler from uh, friends, man. Like my friends don't know what the hell I do. They're like, what does Tommy do? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? That's, that's literally me. He gets um, paid. Like you, he gets paid and he does things, you know what I mean? Like you're, like you're, you're a welder, right? So like, 
Cool. Yeah. Eric Wells. He's an awesome welder. That got it. That's what he does. Awesome. Easy to explain. Far yeah. from what I do. But no, so I'm in the guard. Um, in the last four and a half years, I've been on active duty orders. Uh, it's called uh, um, active duty for special operational support. And what okay. it is, it's a it's it's a state program, but it's also federally funded. And I support um, agencies and coalitions and um, all through all for drug prevention efforts. And okay. so we do we do drug prevention efforts. We do uh, let's see, you know, evidence based curriculums, evidence based practices. We we help guide, direct, train. Um, members of the community, parent groups, kiddos, all um, based off of drug prevention using strategies that actually work, not just yeah. don't say no, drugs are bad, and then that's it. Um, that's what I've been doing for the last four and a half years, and it's probably one of the best jobs I've ever had in my entire life, hands down. Wow. Hands down. Yep. And it's still all paid through the military, which is actually really cool. That's an, that's an extra added bonus. Yeah. You actually get to influence the people that you're being around, that you've been around and been part of. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, and it's, when you go into, when I go to these schools and talk to a lot of the curriculums that we do, they're like, they're, they talk, we talk about drugs, obviously that's kind of a basis, but we, we give them that resiliency building skills and just the reasons why of, you know, life, you know, different life things, life tools, right. Talk about goals, mm-hmm. talk about stress, stuff like that. We talk about all the things with them because a lot of times they don't have people to ever talk to about that stuff. And so yeah. a lot of the times, man, there's kids that come up to me afterwards and they word vomit their life to me there. I've had kids tell me that they've been sold by their parents that oh they're, God. that they've been, yeah, you know, yeah. My, both my parents were drug dealers and me and my sister were sold for, to different people to, for them to, to use drugs. Uh, my grandmother was a drug dealer and gave me the money to hide. So my parents wouldn't see it. Um, beatings, attempted suicides, uh, man, just the stuff that I've heard, it hurts to hear, man. It really oh, does. Absolutely. And it really hurts to hear. Um, but there's a need. And so our team does an amazing job out here um, in Arizona um, trying to just, man, make create change as much as we possibly can doing yeah. the stuff that we do. That's awesome. That's, that's, yeah. Hats off, man. That's at the, the stress and the, the emotional load that, that you take on to kind of, transfer that burden is i i don't even know if i could do that like that's 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 the hardest part right when you're hearing that you're just like god damn what do i say you know what i mean but you at the time you find the right words man honestly you find the right words and a lot of times these kids just want somebody to talk to because they don't have like you said earlier they don't have anybody to talk to right they they go home their school is their safe space because when they go home it's a shit show or their parents aren't home or they're doing god knows what in front of them or they're on the streets yeah and so it's, it's hard. It's, it's a rough, it's, but the thing is it happens everywhere. And mm-hmm. so, um, unfortunately I have a job because of it, but, um, I know we're, we're doing, I know we're doing good things. I know our team is, yeah. our team is awesome. Uh, the pe- right people in the right places. And I know yeah. they're doing good things. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so switch over to kind of a different, well, the opposite conversation, I guess would be, sure. um, so, during during all of this, when you decided not to play football anymore, um, how long did it take you to find athletics and sport again? Um, and how how did you make the transfer? Because I know you, you've done CrossFit and you've done weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, was that your first 
kind of thing after you uh no far from it um okay. so obviously as a firefighter you gotta you gotta stay working out right so that kind of mm-hmm. had an easy transition so i was constantly working out um yeah. even i was at the time yeah, this was when i finally got my first base in germany i was 19 i was 18 you know okay. just doing the typical bodybuilding trying to get yeah. big and strong bench and squat and you know a little bit of running here and there but yep. for the most part man you know how big my arms get how big my chest get you know children yep, yep, yep. right you know what i mean come on 18 years old living in Germany. <laughs> that's like, all you want that's-, that's all i want you know what i mean and so um that was honestly my regular kind of just lifestyle for a very long time i did get into powerlifting a little bit um mm-hmm. in germany and so I was about, I was there I, last like six months I was there. I went and watched a meet. And so, um, and I was like, damn, that looks pretty fun. And I like the fact that it was, everybody's watching you, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a team thing. It's, you have judges in front of you, even yep. though you're just doing benching, squatting and deadlifts, it's still just you, man. And the work that you have to do all relies on you. That's, that's the result you get. And yeah. so I fell in love with that for a while. Like then I brought that over to my next base in Florida, kept doing it for that for a little bit, and then kind of got off track and then just kept doing just the regular, you know, working out type thing. I played a yeah. lot of softball actually in um in the Air Force. They do a good job. I'll give you one thing. Military does a good job keeping intramural sports and things like that. People keep keep people active. Keep there's, yeah. there's a lot of athletes that join the military, obviously. Yeah. And so they keep that going pretty well. So I did a lot, I played a lot of softball. Okay. Um, and just worked out a lot. And that's kind of, mm-hmm. that was my main, my main thing to do. Okay. And, and so, yeah, so I did that and then I didn't get into CrossFit until I was, and that's what kind of how I found weightlifting. Um, it was, I was, man, I was 30, 30 years old. I think by the time, because wow. by the time I actually started doing CrossFit and I remember, I remember doing the very first work I did, I came, I, I was actually doing contracting work in Kuwait. I thought I was in pretty good shape, came home. Yeah. <laughs> did a CrossFit workout and I was like, I suck at life. Like I yeah. failed everything I've done in my entire life. I failed at because I got destroyed. My hands were bloody. I was gassed out, but I loved it. I, I loved mm-hmm. it, man. And so that's how I kind of got into that. And then I eventually found uh, weightlifting through that. So okay, I like hard. I like hard shit. Like obviously, yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, yeah. Now, when you uh, let's see, so so. So everybody knows, if you don't know, Tommy and I know each other because we were on the same weightlifting team, um, for a time. Mm-hmm. And was that your, when you joined John's team, was that, um, was that the first weightlifting team you'd been part of or you, or do you done something else with a barbell club down there? Yeah. So we actually joined a, uh, my buddy Andy joined a club, um, and, uh, it's called iron, uh, iron athlete, uh, weightlifting. Okay. Um, and, uh, it was here local. They're still around. Um, I, cause I just wanted to get, I just, I was always on the stronger side of CrossFit, right? I enjoyed the cardio mm-hmm. part of it. But I was never like, I was okay. Yeah. Um, but am I going to make, make, make regionals or games? No, I'm not going to. Right. Once I kind of came to terms, like, I don't, whatever I'm doing this right now. Yeah. Just to stay fit and have fun. But yeah. I was always on the stronger side. I love snatch, loved cleans, loved jerks. I loved all that type of stuff. And so, I'm like, you know what? I want to kind of pursue this a little bit. And so I mm-hmm. went and joined Iron Athlete. Um, and from there, that's when I really fell in love with the sport, man. I really, really did. Uh, I was just around people that it was still in a CrossFit gym, but we had yeah. our own area, our own space. And yep. it was just like, man, this is 
fuck it. I love this shit. Yeah. It's just, you know what I mean? Um, we had a really solid group of people and I was really, I was right on the border of making, it was 2016. So I was right on the border of making yep. uh, uh, finals American. I think I wasn't, it wasn't even called American finals at the time. It was actually just American open. I think yeah. like the next year is when they start doing all the series shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I'm like, I think I can make it. And I did like three meets in my last meet, I, the last meet to qualify I hit it on my last clean and jerk to make nice. the, to make finals. Lost my shit, man. I think I hit like 154. <laughs> I got it was like 154 kg uh, clean and jerk yeah. to make it. I think I needed three. No, I need, what the hell did I need, man? Uh, 271 total. I think I need. I'm an 81 um, yeah, lifter. Yeah. At the time, I was actually 84. That's what the last one was, right? 84. Mm-hmm. So I was 84 at the time, and so my last clean and jerk, I hit 117 snatch, and then I hit uh, 154 clean and jerk, made it, and that's when I, poof, all right, I'm sold. You got me. Yep, got me. The nice. crowd went crazy. I went crazy. It was like holy shit. I made it my last lift to because like you know qualification time, so it was cool. Yeah, it was awesome. How'd you do at the open that year? Did you go? <sighs> did you go and actually compete, or did you just? I did. Stick yeah, no, no, okay. no. I, I went. It was in. Um, God, where did we go? Uh, Orlando, actually. Okay. I flew to Orlando. Um, I don't know why, but all my damn meets I ever fly to, Orlando's nowhere else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know why that worked, the way it worked out. But no, it was Orlando. I did okay. I went um, 120 snatch and like 150. Shit, what did I hit? 150 something, 154, mm-hmm. 155 on the clean and jerk. So, nice. uh, yeah, I missed. Um, I think I went for 125 snatch, missed it, and then you know whatever the my cleaning jerks were. I don't know. It's been a long, yeah. long time, but it was yeah. fun. It just it was just the, the build up to it, right? You're yeah. in the, the in the training hall for the first time, around all these people you see on social yeah. media stuff like that. I'm like, man, this is actually pretty damn cool, man. Um, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? I'm 34, 35 <laughs> at the time. You know what yep. I mean? And oh, so, yeah. I was, and I was like, damn, this is pretty cool to be able to hang with these guys a little bit. Um, and so it was fun. And after that, that's when I was like, and going back to that the powerlifting time I was talking about where it's like that, that lonesome feeling up there, everybody's watching you, judges are judging you on every damn thing you do. Yep. And it's just a damn, do I love it? It's a rush. Yeah, no, that's, you know, Matt and I talked about that a couple episodes ago where it's just the, the draw for us. And a lot of most people is the fact that like, no matter how much work you put in, no matter how much you prep and, and do all that stuff, like it, and it really, I mean, it doesn't even come down to your team when mm. you're on the platform and it's just you and the bar and that the, the weight doesn't change. It's, you know, that it's going to be heavy no matter what. And it's up to you to change that. Yeah. And it's, it's so freaking cool to have that, like, I mean, I, I'm sure you've felt it, but almost every time that I've been on the platform, like it's everything, like you're standing at the edge of the platform and as soon as you step on, it's like everything turns into a haze. It does. It's like, it really does. You know what I mean? It's like it's a movie really scene. You, you, yeah. If there's lights, like everything gets all hazy and like weird spotlights yeah. and stuff. And, and you know, it's, it's so freaking cool. And, and it know, is, man, it's a, it's a feeling that it's a feeling that you can't get like anywhere else um, unless you do an individual sport. Um, yeah. I've done like CrossFit competitions before in the past and 
there's people everywhere. There's chaos. You have one person judging you half the time. Yeah. Probably a terrible judge, anyways. They're a volunteer. They don't care. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And so it's like it's not it's not even close to the same. It's not like oh, it's a no. competition. Like it's not it's not because like it is quiet. It is. You hear every day. You hear a baby crying in the corner, or somebody the bars dropping in the training hall or the training room. Yep. You know what I mean? That's all you hear. But then you step on there, man, and I. I do. I feel like I do a good job zoning everybody out. Yep. I find my one spot above the judge, right above the judge's center head, and that's it. That's the only thing I look at the entire time I'm on the platform. Um, yeah. I completely. I could, they could be five thousand people in the crowd. It could be two people in the crowd. I'm gonna take doesn't the same. Matter. Doesn't doesn't matter. I'm gonna take the same approach every time. Yeah. Yeah. So how's how's your uh, how's your athletics look now in your training? Um, I know you took a step back from, from weightlifting competitively and like to having that as the, the competition aspect as the drive of your, of your training. Um, mm-hmm. how's your, how's your day to day and your week by week look is in, in relation to how it was, you know, when, when you're in your mid thirties to, to what it is now and, and nine how day. do you, uh. you actually you actually care about your body yeah yeah night and day um i just man i've thought i was having a conversation yesterday with bruce and this is like man like if i can just get in a 45 minute workout cool if i get 20 minute workout a squat session in cool if i just if i just do something win yeah at this point you know what i mean um yep i mean i have a toddler i have a two-year-old and so you know having to find time to be around him. He, the cool thing is he actually loves, he actually forces me to go in the garage and trying to work, to work out. He <laughs> nice. loves like daddy workout, daddy workout. My God, like, yeah, let's go work out. And so he'll, awesome. yeah. So he'll just sit there and watch me snatch or thin and jerk or do something in the garage. Um, yeah. But I, I'm at the point now where it's like, I still, I'm still going to compete and still do some stuff. Um, I stay active. I do a, I may do a CrossFit workout here and there. I may go for a run. I may just do a a little lifting session in my garage, um, just to kind of keep everything just in going. Cause I, I feel like I never know what the hell I want to do with my life. And so I'm still trying to figure that part out. Um, (laughs) you know what I mean? But, and so I want to kind of almost keep my body ready in a sense that that kind of sounds cheesy. But it's just because yeah, I, I no, never know. I never know what I'm going to do. Like I didn't know I was going to do that Masters Worlds in December up until shit, probably like close to like September, October. And I was like, ah, yeah. let's get this thing. Let's get this thing a shot. Yeah. You know. But the thing yeah. is, I kept my body ready leading up to that. I was still doing you know mm-hmm. through crossword workouts, or I just throw a random workout here and there, just to keep my technique a little fresh. Um, just yep. Still moving some weight around. And it just, it allowed me to like, all right, once I started focusing just on weightlifting, cool, right back into it. Um, I've tailored my, my sessions to, instead of doing an hour and a half, two hour workouts, no need, no need for me to do that anymore. I do try to hour on 15 tops and I'm out, you know what I mean? Three to four days a week. Cool. And it, I found my, honestly, I found my results damn near the same, if not better. I think I was finally getting my body rest. I wasn't being yep. told to lift, 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 and do nothing else. And so once I finally said, uh, fuck, I'm going to do my own thing, it, yep. I, everything stayed the same, man. And if, if anything, got it better. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as being, so you're 41 now, right? Yep. 41. 41. Yep. Oh, man. So how is your, 
you've you've tailored your training and your and your programming to match your desired output i guess um yeah what's your nutrition look like and how has that changed over the last five years because i know mine's been like i i went i was super super strict counted counted everything and mm-hmm. it was stupid um I, I actually need to do that again for like three or six months just to get my shit straight. <laughs> right, <again>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit more accountability and, and, and stuff. But like, what do you do as far as food's concerned? Not just for, um, not just for training, but for day to day life, just to be healthy as a middle aged man. You want to know the truth? I eat whatever the fuck <laughs> I want, man. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Oh, man. I love that shit. I, I, I am not. Shit. I am not even going to lie to you. People hate me for it. Oh yeah, because I'm I'm able to just kind of have what I have just naturally through genetics. But yep. uh, I don't count calories, man. I don't um, do macros. Like you said, I I did try that at one point. Hated. Yep tracking every single. I'm like, I don't care. I'm scanning everything. God, I'm like, what am I doing? Um, is there a need for that? I feel like there is for certain people. Um, but now do I tailor it when I do start shifting over to competition mode again to getting ready for a meet? Yeah. I do. I do. I, 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 I will rightfully so, uh, admit that, but day to day, man, I, yesterday I had a fat PB and J burger and fries and like, nice. And it was delicious. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Weird. And so it was delicious. And it, it just, I don't, and I just feel once I get to the point where if I feel like I need to, I can lock myself down and be like, all right, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I feel, I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling that way, but I don't eat terrible. I don't go and out eat junk food. every yeah. day. I really do. I rarely, rarely get fast food. I eat mm-hmm. everything is kind of in the house. So every, my wife, she hates like having food dyes and preservative. So it's like, yeah, I eat fairly okay. Um, when I'm eating here at the house, but I eat, go eat Chipotle and get a fat bowl. I will. And if I eat a burrito, I'm a sucker for burritos. Okay. But other than that, that's really bad. I I don't eat terrible. I I don't, I'm not a big fast food guy unless it's like in a pinch. Um, and that's kind of how I am, but I, I'll eat whatever the hell I want, man. Honestly, I will. You know, I think that's the benefit of having, well, one, it's a benefit of caring about your kids. And like, if you're focused in on giving your kids the best nutrition that they can have, um, without being yeah. a psycho uh that, that's, that's ine- just it that's the word <laughs> yeah um then you're inevitably going to eat good food yes. um on the on the day-to-day but again yeah i mean if, are you going to go and stop by the taco truck and get a badass you know badass burrito or whatever like it's going to happen and it's, it's not that around, big of a deal for sure yeah. so i know my wife uh, does a great job at that with our with our son um you don't know. She does a great job when it comes to his diet and his thing. I mean, he's a two year old, so he's gonna be picky, mm-hmm. you know. But um, it's just the that's what he's being kind of groomed or grown up around. So again, it's yeah, kind of the same way. So um, yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Diet's one thing for me. It's always been I've always had really good genetics. Luckily, knock on wood, it's eventually gonna run out. Now I have seen where it's like, oh gosh, you're, you're slowing down. Yeah, but it's st- there. It's still like, man. Like I said, if I'm gonna eat a burger on a on a Thursday afternoon with coworkers, I'm gonna eat a burger Thursday afternoon with coworkers. Yeah, yeah. So doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Grand, scheme, grand scheme of things, but I typically so I typically walk around. So competition wise, right? I'll be, 
I walk around at 80, probably 85, 86 kilos. Mm-hmm. Typically walk around at, um, that could be at 81. So when I actually clean up my diet and clean everything up, it, it's it gone. It melts. Yeah. 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 It doesn't take much. I know that's kind of where I'm at is I, I've gotten on this, I, just, I think it was like three years ago, three, four years ago. And I got on to intermittent fasting and out of lazy, pure laziness. I was like, well, if I'm, if <laughs> like I'm going to eat, <laughs> yeah, well, no, it was because it was like, well, shit, I, I'm either going to eat like crap in the morning, like stop at the minute mark and get whatever, you know, protein bar right. and, and some other shit, or I can just have black coffee and water until lunchtime and then I'll be okay. Yeah. And I can deal with it. And I've just, that's my natural thing now. Like everybody's like, why aren't, why aren't you eating? I'm like, cause I don't need to, I'm used to it. It's not that big of a deal. And then I'm like you, you know, I'm, I'm six, one roughly between a hundred and 105 kilos. And mm. like, I, I still like, I maintain like 11% body fat and yeah. I can eat damn near whatever the fuck I want to. It's then do it, man. Now, the rest of my family is not like that. Um, yeah, I have I have a cousin who's he's like five eleven. He walks around about ninety five ish kilos, and uh-huh. that kid is he he did a couple bodybuilding shows a few years ago, and he's a he's a um shit, he, I think he's a hot shot now. I can't remember if, which what his desi- designation is. He's gonna give me shit for this but yeah he's either a hot shot but or or a fuck, what's that? Or, he's not a smoke jumper but he goes in he like they drop him off in the okay. middle of a freaking forest fire he's a bad i don't care if you're a, if you're a, if you're a forest <laughs> yeah. firefighter dude you got my yeah. respect that that is a gnarly yeah. that's gnarly profession dangerous and yeah. yeah i don't care what you do jump in or, or hike in or get trucked in that's work. it doesn't matter dude he's that's, that's work he loves it like that's he was a he he played for a D2 who did he play for? He played for OIT um in Southern Oregon. He was a catcher mm-hmm. and you know, he played baseball his entire life and blew out his knee twice, three t- I think he's on his fourth one now, but like he has no Oof. cartilage in in that joint so that he has a surgery and everything. But the guy skis during the winter, he skis as often as he can. So yeah. he actually took a job in Utah and it's like 45 minutes to an hour from the mountain. So when he's not, when they're completely down, he just goes skate. And then during, during fire oh, season, dude. he's in the Jones, mountains. I wish I could do that. Yeah. It's, it's freaking crazy. But that guy, same thing, similar genetics. Like he can eat almost whatever he wants, but it's because he's, he's fairly active too, but yeah, he's just, he, that's, that's his walking weight. It's it's yeah. crazy, and that's my biggest thing is I just have to stay active. I have to do something. Mm-hmm. If I don't work out for two to three days, I am an asshole. Man, it says like I, gotta do, I got. I, my wife's like, you need to go gotta work do out. something. Go work out. God, yeah. get away, get away from me. You know what I mean. Go work yeah. out. You know, and so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go for a walk, right, or go for a run, or go in the yep. garage and do something. Um, I just I have to I have to be active, and I like so I feel maybe that's why I can eat most of the stuff I do. But mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, just from being pure active for me, honestly, it's just, yeah. it's a lifestyle that I've always kind of just had is just a very active lifestyle. I, I, rare, I very rarely slow down when it comes to like physical, like, like fitness type stuff. I always claim like I've worked mm-hmm. out since ninth grade because I really have. I think the longest I've taken yeah. off since ninth grade 
barring a surgery was probably like a month, you know, and wow. that's just like, I just want to chill. Other than that, it's just like only time I've actually not worked out is because I was, you know, I, again, I was in a knee, a knee sleeve or a knee brace or a freaking my arm was jacked up. But that's really about yeah. it. Yeah. I have to work out. Um, so you have a garage set up. So, so why it's kind of been the, since the, the pandemic, like it's been growing and growing and growing. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you get past the stall points and the, like the, it, the, I mean, I, I know it's mindset and it's dedication and it's, you know, yeah, it, motivation comes and goes, but like how, what's your mindset when you step into the, to the garage and how do you get past that, um, that initial like shitty feeling of it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it, sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, just, yeah. it just sucks. Um, it's hard. Um, but it just, I, again, I guess the whole internally motivated thing I can, mm-hmm. I can fucking grind for an hour, hour and a half, two hours if I have to. Um, yeah. I will put, depending on my mood, I'll, what I'll put on as far as like music wise or whatever. Yeah. Um, I may put on some country and just and lift to that. I may put on some crazy rap or rock or whatever. I may put on yeah. honestly, I'm kind of cheesy. I will have like those motivational speeches and shit play on loop from Spotify and like have somebody yep. yelling at me for an hour and a half. <laughs> you know, it just depends. It just depends on the arrival walking like the hell are you listening to. Yep. Um, but it's just I I just find whatever I need to to get through that session. Um yeah. But I, I kind of like it in a way because I can just I'm, I'm by myself, internally motivate myself, and just kind of just grind. I know that if I can grind doing that, when I actually go and work out with partners or go work out with you know or compete, mm-hmm. I am I know I'm able to do that because of what I prepare myself to you know through training, and so yeah. like if I can do that hopping on a platform or in a warm-up area they ain't shit that's you know nothing. go go yeah. work out by yourself for an hour and a half and miss or you know have a good lift and nobody saw you to cheer you high five yeah. you know what i mean so stuff like that to like damn yeah. that was actually really good man nobody's seen me do that but it's all right um i know it's there you know what i mean yeah and so yep, you yep. go you go and show it during competition man it's fun yeah that's great mm-hmm. um so what do you got coming up? What do you have uh, any plans for the podcast? Any um, any any competitions? Um, any other runs coming up? Um, as far as n- nothing really on the books, I need to do something. Um, so I'm a weightlifting coach as well at our at our CrossFit gym. So we have a meet coming up in April that I might uh, either join and do it, or at least coach at. Um, mm-hmm. And just some, it's uh, actually actually uh, you know Alex Lee it's at his gym. Uh, he always puts on yep. really good. He always puts on really good meets out here in Arizona, and so a lot of a lot of good lifters will be at that. So it kind of yeah. motivates you a little bit to kind of get to actually do the meet as opposed to just coach at it. And yeah. so I may do that. I'm kind of thinking about it really hard. Um, nice. But other than that, that's that's kind of really I'm really just kind of going by. I qualified for a lot of other stuff. I qualified for senior nationals in June. Mm-hmm. Still on the fence if I want to do that or not. Um, yeah. It's in Colorado. I want to do it just to simply go to Colorado Springs. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> you know shit. I mean, simply no for that shit. reason, that reason only. Um, but uh, so yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm still always again. I really decide last minute. People probably would hate me for that, but yeah. 
I really decide, I'm like, you know what, let's do this. And I just go do it. I go yeah. like, you know, if, if it's a, if it's a run, if it's a 5k, if it's a weightlifting meet, if it's a CrossFit thing, I don't, if it's like, Hey, if it's it hard, yeah, I'll, fuck, I'll do it. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's, it's, it's kind of way to go about things. It's funny how there's, there's, there's two schools to that, right? Because Matt's the same way. He like, he'll just put it off, put it off, put it off. And then like the day that registration closes, he'll, he'll buy in. And then even at that, like he'll wait until like two weeks before and then he'll book his flight. <laughs> like, I'm, how do you, how do you, me, I man. can't, I can't freaking do that. There's no way in hell. Like yeah, I'm the me. kind where it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to register as soon as it opens and buy my plane ticket as soon as the cheapest price hits. Yeah. And then that's like, that's my motivation to make sure I go because you can't like giving up a couple hundred bucks for a registration or whatever, isn't a big deal, but giving up, you know, two, three, four, five hundred $500 for a plane ticket on top of that is like, hell no. So that's like my, my thinking for making sure that I follow through with that shit because i I will, I will drop out. <laughs> really? I will commit. If, if I signed up, you got me. I'm locked in. I'm yeah, locked I've in. Never, and I've, I've never dropped out on a meet, but yeah. I'm definitely like, I will. I, I know for a fact, like, uh, I'm not reliable in cer- certain things. And it's like, I just can't, I know myself and I like, I just can't allow, I can't give that room for like ah, i'm not gonna fly cross country to go lift like i just eh. man so. is it hard and I, I you know i did that world the world meet or masters in december i was like i'm doing a lot i'm giving mm. up a lot to go do this yeah you know what i mean and what am i getting what am i getting out of it um i mean it, it was great i loved it i don't get me wrong i loved every second of it uh but it's why well, in the end of the day what's my what's my return on investment for that yeah. metal cool uh gratification cool but but you know what i'm saying that's how i look at things yeah but, no, no, but i still it. fuck it i still like i still always bring me back i did the virtual worlds two years ago i'm like i'm done yeah i'm done doing i'm done doing uh wafting stuff i'm gonna do whatever the hell i want two yeah. months later i i tear my bicep flipping a tire you know what i mean it's like <laughs> oh, jesus you know what i mean so i'm like gosh damn wow. it flipping a tire it was a heavy tire very heavy tire yeah but i still blew my arm out flipping the tire no injuries weightlifting ever people are like oh it's so dangerous like, no it's really not it's one of the most well. non-dangerous sports actually out there um can injuries happen they do happen but i never got hurt weightlifting stuff um and i think after that i was like well, that's when i realized All right, i'm gonna go do the hell i want when i want to do it because i never know when mm-hmm. i get hurt or do or or something's gonna ha- happen to where I can't do it again, and so that's yeah. why I take that I take that mindset of like I'm gonna do a lift to me, cool. I'm gonna go for do a uh, triathlon, cool. Tough mudder, cool. yeah. I, I just do, and that's kind of how I approach everything, and I find okay. I find somehow a way to do pretty well when I do meets. I don't know how I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're an you athlete, know? man. That's 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 yeah. why. Yeah, you get, you get, I was fine. I always have to find something. Like, all right, what's going to motivate me to get through? So, like, obviously, the me in December was like, all right, there's a good, this kid, this guy, Chris. Me and him kind of wanted to lift against each other for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Finally, that was our chance to lift against each other. And so that really motivated me to get out there. And we had an absolute blast, man, going against each other yeah. in uh, December. It was so fun. Awesome. 
How'd yeah. you do? How'd you place? I can't remember. Second by one kilo, man. Second oh. by one kilo. I uh, he got me. I what I hit? Am I snap? I got the hell I even hit one twenty two on the snap. No one twenty one twenty three. No one two. I hit one twenty and snatch. Missed one twenty three. Uh, he hit one twenty five. So he had a five kilo lead going into the snap. The clean and jerks. Mm-hmm. I hit. 150 154 he hit 151 so i was down by i think two or three kilos what did my ego ass do i i said before even going into the meet i was like man i just want one shot at the world record I'm like i don't care yeah. where i'm at in the placings i don't care what i'm doing <laughs> i'm going for a world record instead of actually placing well well i went 154 158 was the world record. So I put 159 on the mark. Me, me and him kept going back and forth um, with the weight. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Uh, Cornell was there. He was actually in the back with me. So it was pretty cool for him to be there too. And it was just like, man, I want this fucking record. And so yeah. I put in the bar, 159. I cleaned it. Like, I don't know how I did that. And then the jerk was just fucking heavy. Just flat out. Yeah. Flat out, it was just heavy. Got it overhead, yeah. just, just dropped down. I had no Damn. legs. I had no legs left, and then yeah, you know, and then I, because of that, he he went for a world record too, missed it, but because of that, yeah. I ended up losing by one kilo. So damn, but it was fun. It was such a yeah, man, it was such a fun two hours. You know, it's the whole everything oh, built yeah. up to me and him finally lifting against each other. It was yeah. really really cool. It was really fun. That's killer. Yeah. So I mean, shit, I was I, that was even the heaviest I even cleaned in probably a couple of years. Two or three yeah, years. So that, that was going to be my next question: was when was the last time you you hit anywhere near that? It was. It's been. <laughs> it's been at least a couple of years. So I think wow. the last time I I, I used to, I was hitting like one sixty consistently. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I was pretty. I was, it was like on a good training day. I hit maybe one sixty one, sixty two, sixty three is my best. Yeah. And so it was a long time before I even took a shot at that. And so when that bar came off the ground, I was like, "Fuck, oh, this is heavy," and then. <laughs> But then when I, but then when I stood up with it, I'm like, holy crap! I'm like, I'm here now. I got to jerk this thing, and that was literally the yeah. only thing that was going through my head. It was like, oh shit, I got to jerk this now. And then I, when oh, I man. just, it just heavy. It was, just, it was just heavy. Yeah. There's no excuse. It, it happens. Was heavy. It was happens. It yeah. happens. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But then I, and I, after that, man, I was killing myself. Like I should have just gone like 156, at least take a lead and make him kind of go for it and get it. But. We, at the, in the moment, yeah. I knew what I wanted to do in the moment, and at least have a shot yeah. at world record because I knew I wouldn't have probably another shot again at it. Um, yeah. And so I was like, "What what better stage to do it at the you know at the world meet Absolutely. to try to set a world record?" Yeah. I mean, so I went for it, but yep. I missed it. It's what it is. It is what it is. It was okay. heavy. It was heavy, Eric. Give it a shot. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, hey man, it's been uh, it's been great having you on. You know, we talked talked a few weeks ago and catching up and. Hope to hope to get you up here for the camp at some point. Uh, oh, I do. I, I, that's another thing you said, man. I want to do that so bad. Like you said, that's just one of those things. It's just kind of being a kid again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. And yeah, I have a I got a TDY coming up right before that, right after that that camp. So that, that'd be kind of tight for me. But I will make it up to one of those camps one of these days and actually have some fun with everybody. Yeah, that just sounds like way too much fun. So if anybody needs, people need to hop on that. Yeah, it's it's been it's been super fun developing it, and uh, you know we're we got the first one or the 
second one ever is coming up here shortly and then we're gonna have another one in september again but yeah, yeah dude, you it, guys have a lot of like sponsors and you guys have done a great job building that thing man i'm like yeah really it's jealous of you guys going to this thing no it's 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 just it's just gonna grow so by the time you get up here it should be Oh, yeah, more badass. Be, I'm right? about to get up there. Like, it's going to be like, no, sorry, you can't, you can't come, sir. I'm like, all right, hi. Oh no, there's, there's an yeah. honorary spot for you, man. Yeah, like, no, I appreciate, it, man. I would definitely love to get up there, man. Just to, just to be around. Just like I said, when I was on the wafting team, just being around those people, around this everybody that like mindness. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And just throwing weight around, dude. It's such a fun time. It is so it's, fun. It's, it's awesome. ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. To do that for four straight days and live. Oh man, I. I'd eat that up. Yeah. I would eat that up. Yeah. And plus you got Matt cooking so, for you guys. Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know, right? It's it's like <laughs> we were we were spoiled last year and it's just he's constantly is like, so uh, hey man, we're gonna do this and this. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like yeah. Like we're just like we don't need to. He's like, no, 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 it's not a big deal. I really want to do this. And this is you guys are like guinea pigs for me to like Ugh try shit out on my like, oh fuck okay dude and i would be a one guinea, person is no, gonna complain. <laughs> i would be a guinea pig to any chef man as long as this as long as it's legit uh, man yeah. i 100 would do that oh that'd be so fun yeah. it'd be a good time so all right dude well we'll uh definitely talk again uh for sure. good luck on your podcast and and keep going strong man oh thanks Eric. thanks for having me man it was a good time and uh no dude i'll look forward to listening to you guys' uh, shows in the future man appreciate it yeah yours too man we'll talk to all you later right. appreciate it all right